everybody. My name is Joe Shelton and I'm a singer, songwriter, music producer, and recording artist from Indianapolis, Indiana. Over the last year, I've stepped out and performed music on over 200 stages. Along the way though, I met a lot of great people that I didn't expect to. They were inspiring artists and songwriters and musicians. And I want to share all of that inspiration with you. So that's what this show is about. Moonshine equals love. Shine and love on the music. Moonshine and music starts now. Welcome to season two, episode nine, with Jeff Bird as our host. As our host, he's not our host. Joe Shelton's our host. Our featured guest today is Jeff Bird, and uh, Jeff's going to tell you so much about his music. Um, you know, I was kind of surprised to learn that he had basically performed a theft of John Mellencamp's band to do his next album. You want to hear about that? Great. Let's have the interview right now with Jeff Bird. Welcome to Moonshine and Music, Jeff Bird. Hello. It's good to, good to have you on the Thanks show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Um, you know, I, I know you've probably watched a few of them, uh, but the uh, the goal of the show is to get to know inspiring songwriters. And um, I'll go ahead and leave. Then. You're gonna. <laughs> Jeff Kelly already pulled that. Yeah. Man. I don't know. <laughs> it's a Jeff thing. It's a, it's a brotherhood of Jeffs. <laughs> Is that band Jeff the Brotherhood, but we do the Brotherhood of, Brotherhood of Jeff. So, is that true? No, that, that could be a good. Thing. But it could be. You could promote like that a tribute somehow. act yeah. to Jeff the Brotherhood. To yes, yeah. or a tribute act to all artists named Jeff. You then go. you could do like Jeff Buckley songs. And, there you go, Mr. Uh, Kelly. <laughs> anyway, uh, where well, you know where were you born? Where did you grow up? I was born a poor child. Um, now, I'm originally from uh, southern Indiana, so a town called Washington where it's actually born, but the town right next to it, Petersburg, Indiana, is what I call my hometown. That's where I grew up. So it's about a population of 2,800 people, you know, so everybody knows everybody. And uh, back then, you know, you, you didn't really know that you were uh, kind of poor and lower class and not a lot of money, but everybody was happy, everybody knew each other. and. So that's kind of where I grew up, and uh, you know, agriculture, coal mining, were were pretty much what everybody did down there. And Is it then, in between uh, Bloomington and Evansville? Yeah, yeah. That's what I so thought. yeah, that southern Indiana area where it's either corn or coal is you know basically all the jobs or were, rock quarries or rock right? quarries. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then about my about the time I turned. Um, became a freshman in high school. I moved up to Indianapolis and lived in Greenwood for most of my life and then uh, South Sider on, in Indianapolis right now. So uh, you uh, graduated from which school in Greenwood? Do I have to say it? People usually Yeah, we, we've got to, you know. Scour at me. Uh, Center Grove High School. So uh, <laughs> it was a, uh, when I was there, it was more still uh, a kind of the suburb farming 
uh, high school, you know, people drove their tractors to like pep rallies and stuff, and now they, now kids drive their Lamborghinis and things. So it's changed. Yeah, we we heard a little bit about Center Grove from Chris Wilson. Yeah, when when he was on, because you guys are uh, alums. Uh, yes, of the same uh -huh. place. It, it, it does. Uh, uh, are, are are there a lot of musicians uh, in that area? Does the living out in that kind of a community, or even you know farther south, does that lean lend itself to songwriting? I you know I, I don't think so. There wasn't uh, you know a whole lot of. I mean there was some some good bands at that time. Bands were um, you know mostly you start out in high school and cover bands, and that's kind of what everybody did and. And uh, I, I was just in the garage, just learning to play. Uh, you know, when I was about 15, when I really started to pick up the guitar and wanted to be the you know next next Eddie Van Halen. And then uh, once I realized these little stubs for fingers wouldn't do the same things that, that Eddie did. Eddie's did, then I started to think about maybe I should try to sing or the songwriting thing. Or so there, you know, there really wasn't a whole lot of bands. Um, yeah, there was a guy named Mark Deers. Uh, he was in a band called Danger Will Robinson, which was a really popular band, you know, in the early 90s. And um, he was a friend of mine, um, inspiration. But they're really, I, I, I'm the like sole musician in my family. So there wasn't really any kind of family lineage um, that pushed me towards music. It was just something I always, you know, felt from very young. So you like do. fell in love with Van Halen? Was that where it? That, well, you know, somebody just asked me that question about, you know, what started you out in music and, you know, the first really concept of music I had was Elvis, like a lot of us in the 70s. Right. Um, but it was, it was more of, he was almost like a, and Kiss. So they were almost like superheroes, you know what I mean? They had costumes <laughs> and capes, and so it's kind of this weird music, this weird combination of music and comic book-like, you know, personas that attracted me as a kid. And then I grew up with kind of the dawn of MTV and the whole, you know, MTV generation. So that early music, a lot of the pop stuff, Thriller, and then um, you know, I went full-fledged into the glam metal, hair metal. You know, uh, Def Leppard and Ozzy Osbourne and Van Halen and all all that, all those uh, acts in that genre. Rat was you know a huge band for me. So Guns and, then Guns and Roses. Guns and Roses was they were kind of on the end. I was starting to transition into college rock by that time. So I, I still kind of secretly liked them, but I was talking. <laughs> by that point, I was talking more about the Smiths and the Replacements and. Uh, you know, other other but you know, REM and college rock bands like that. So, yeah, uh, the what they called alternate. Yeah, you know, what what became you know, alt rock? You know, yeah. originally it was college rock or postmodern or you know. I never understood the alt title. It seemed like just rock to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, just like, like a, a band you know, like the replacement. A little less, is, a little less uh, distortion, you know, yeah. uh, and uh, a little more. You know, down the middle, like a resurgence of that almost. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, if you ever hear like a band like The Replacements, they had very kind of singer-songwriter quality songs, and then they had, you know, punk songs, and then they had just kind of anthemic, you know, you could even call them classic 70s style anthem rock songs. So, you know, I, I never had any, I was never attached to any kind of, uh, you know, genre of music. It was just whatever I thought. You know, sounded good and had some connection to me in some way. So, um, when you, you when when did you first start writing? Um, 
started really bad writing kind of in high school, you know, like uh, the, the, the music I was listening to at that time in high school was, you know, hey, we're going to party, girls are hot, we're going to drink. <laughs> You know, so there wasn't there, there there wasn't a big range of what you could write. So if I, you know, I, I look back at some of the stuff I wrote then, it was pretty terrible. But that was kind of the the idea behind almost every song. You know, was that that genre? Um, Man, you're gonna kill White Snake. That's yeah, like all their songs. Loved White Snake. You know, all that stuff. <laughs> and then I think once I got into college and got into more of the you know college rock, I started listening to you know. Uh, more singer-songwriters, you know, I mentioned like, you know, the Smiths and the Replacements, but also Springsteen, I got big into Springsteen, and then growing up, you know, in, in Petersburg, Mellencamp was, Mellencamp was huge. Um, I talked to, to somebody the other day about, uh, you know, they were talking about how punk rock made a lot of people think, hey, I can do this, hey, I can become a musician, you know. For me, it was Mellencamp because I was living in this small community, and here's a guy that's, you know, at the top of the radio charts and he's writing and singing about these people that I see in my, my town. So that's when I first thought maybe this is something that, you know, I could do. And then um, in college was when most of the kind of the, the songwriting started. Because um, there's a realiza realization that, you know, I wasn't going to become the best guitar player in the world, so I got to... I got to try these other things, and if I, if I want to keep doing this, you know, and find my niche. So, the songwriting uh, kind of worked out, and the singing part was just a necessity of writing songs. You know, it's like, well, if I want people to hear these songs, nobody else is—I don't know anybody else to sing them, so I'm going to have to sing them. <laughs> so you didn't go out recruiting a singer? No, no. It was always—it was always so personal. You know, the songwriting was always so personal to me. It's like. I couldn't imagine anybody else singing it and, and having you know the same feelings and same emotion behind you know what I was writing. So, so do you do you do do you do a lot of cover songs when you're playing shows or no? Mostly, no, it's all... cover songs are too hard. You have to you know <laughs> you write your own songs and you, know, you just make up the chords and somebody you know if you cover a song then you have to play it a certain way and if you mess it up then people know you know the the beauty of original music is. You can you can mess up, and as long as you don't make a face, you know you're all right. And people think that's just part of the song. <laughs> well, that's the way he's interpreting it today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, well, I, you know, I didn't know if you did because I hadn't ever heard you really do a cover. The, yeah, the um, you know, and I've heard you a few times, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I've so. done I've done some replacements covers and. Springsteen covers, and um, that's about it. You know? <laughs> I keep hearing a whistle yeah. every time you say they're replacements. Replacements. So, so there, there's 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 an uh, audience member who's a fan yeah. of the replacements. I, apparently, I like that person. <laughs> so that's that's awesome. Um, so uh, when did you start recording? What what and and what made um, you start doing that? Well, you know, re recording was just kind of something that happened right out of the gate. I really didn't start playing uh, in public until about 2005. And um, way back then, a guy named Jethro Easyfields, you may know him. I know Jethro. Um, and he was, he was running a little open stage type of thing, singer-songwriter thing, at uh, a place that was called Bubba's Bowling Alley. It used to be a duck pin bowling alley there on the south side by Arias. And uh, so he would, you would go into a show and he would record them. And so 
uh, he gave you the recordings after you know after wow. your show was done for free. He didn't charge anything, so I took a few of the songs. I think there was about five, seven of them, and had a guy try to uh, Roger Baker. Uh, He's another local musician person that has been in the community forever and has a little studio and he kind of cleaned it up for me and I put that out as a, I think I, I called it Live 2005, you know, that was kind of just done it myself, put that out and then um, later when I had a band, uh, we recorded a, a, another CD called Stereoville, it's like 10 songs. What was that band called? Jeff Bird and the Wingmen. Jeff Bird and the Wingmen. Jeff Bird and the Wingmen. Yeah, loved that name until I found out there was half a dozen other Wingmen <laughs> bands out there. Um, the power of Google. Yes. <laughs> so running my life when I Googled that. Um, I thought it was so original. And so we put out one, again, another kind of self-DIY album uh, on CD, Stereoville. And then um, our first real, I had a, a band called Birdhouse Sound, um, and we put out a kind of full-fledged, do it right, you know, we recorded with Ryan uh, Cook in the Southside Art Barn. Um, he plays with a uh, whole bunch of different people, uh, Sarah Grain, um, and uh, so we recorded it in his studio, you know, and came out really well. Um, put that out, did the CD release show, and then we did another live, we did a live concert recording at Birdie's uh, uh, called Working Class Live. Uh, and that was a couple years, uh, heck it's been probably three or four years by now. And so this, this CD I'm getting ready to release now called B-Town is the first kind of real solo uh, you know, recording that I've done. So do you do you have a myriad of players on the new record, or is it going to be uh, mostly you playing different instruments? Or well, the, you know, it, the way things kind of came together, um, I connected with a guy named Tony Burton. Um, he's known in the Indianapolis area for playing with uh, Roadmaster, you know, guitar player for Roadmaster for a number of years, Henry Lee Summer. Um, and, and through him, I met Alan Johnson, who uh, runs the Static Shack studio uh, up on the north side here. And it used to be TRC Studios, which is the Bob and Tom studio. Studio, yeah. yeah. And uh, so it's, it's still where they do a lot of the recordings. And you go in there, and there's all these Bob and Tom comedy albums and on the walls. And and there's uh, um, Mellencamp did some recording there. So there's you know a bunch of Mellencamp records on the walls. And so he knew Alan uh, when I approached him about the um, project. Kind of told him what I was wanting to do. Kind of creating some sort of new you know, version of, of Heartland Rock, Midwest Rock, um, you know, as, as I interpret it. Uh, he, he said, well, why don't we work with this person and this person, Dane Clark, who's John Mellencamp's current drummer, and Johnny G's Mellencamp's current bass player, and uh, Troy Kennett, Mellencamp's current keyboardist. You, and, like, stole Mellencamp's bass Yeah, well, the, the rhythm section's all, all Mellencamp, and then um, <laughs> on guitar, we have Larry Crane, who is John Mellencamp's guitar player, kind of right. co-creator of the Heartland sound, co-writer in some instances. He's playing on guitar on the album. Awesome. Um, and then Tony Burton, he plays some electric and acoustic, and then I did acoustic as well. Um, but, you know, 
once I kind of presented Al in the songs, he, you know, he, he said, you know, if this is what you want to do, let's pull in the real deal. Let's pull in the real guys who were involved in the creation of all that. And so, so for me, it was, you know, just an amazing opportunity. And it took, it took, you know, almost two and a half years to get everything done. Um, but it was, you know, for me, you know, being a fan of that genre of music and those players, it was just like a dream, you know, dream come true. So. Yeah, I um, that that's uh, that's awesome. I'm, I'm jealous. <laughs> well, you know, it, it wasn't for free. Well, I'm sure it wasn't. They don't do, yeah. And oh, Mimi Mapes, you know, Mimi Mapes is on background vocals. You'll hear her on a lot of the album, and she, you know, was the background singer for uh, Henry Lee Summer, and she sang uh, background on Minutes to Memories on. Mellon yeah, Camp. I know that song. When's yeah. the when's the record coming out? Well, the, the, the record we're, we're doing, um, a if you go to Jeff Bird Music, B-Y-R-D, jeffbirdmusic.com, we're doing kind of a pre-order campaign right now. Um, so we hope to be able, through the pre-order, to get the funds to put out not only CDs, but some vinyl and do some videos. We've already done one video for B-Town, the, the title track. It's out there on YouTube, so if you look up Jeff Bird B-Town. Um, yeah, I've it, seen the video. Yeah, it's on there. and. Um, so we're trying to kind of do the pre pre-sale first, and then decide what we want to do. You know, we're going to do a hometown CD release show. Um, I think we're going to try to do a CD release show down in Bloomington as well. So, so those guys are all going to come play live with you for the? Nah, we'll we'll see about that. We'll see. They're, actually, I think they're all getting ready to go out on tour with Mel oh, yeah. Camp. So yeah. Man, that would be killer. <laughs> it, 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 it would be, but uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah. Sometimes they, the studio guys busy. are not the live guys. They got this yeah. other boss who. They got this <laughs> other boss who fills stadiums. Yeah, fills stadiums, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, so, uh, you want to play some music for us today? I would, I would definitely love to. All right, man, let's do it. All right. It's great to have you Thanks, here. Joe. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it, man. Next week on Moonshine and Music, Sydney Page takes the stage, and there isn't a more beautiful voice that you will find anywhere than Sydney Page. Listen to this. So come on, pretty lady, may I have this dance? It's a one love song about a true romance. The earth and winds may try to break us, but on that is uh, it's about my first car I had a 78 Camaro and uh, it was a lot like me uh, at the time when I was young it had a lot of potential but it uh, pretty scratched and banged up and uh, needed a lot of help to uh, fire in all, on all cylinders so this is called uh, my Camaro Start one 
also this uh, this next song is called The Homecoming Kids and it's about kind of the transition of uh, being idealistic and young and in love and and then uh, growing old together and trying to face the, the challenges that life puts upon you but still keeping that uh, that childlike innocence and having open hearts this is called The Homecoming Kids.
right. So I've got an album coming out called B-Town. So if you're not familiar with B-Town, Bloomington, Indiana. And it's, uh, it's not really a, a theme album, not really a concept album, but it kind of turned out that way. So all the songs are around that era. So this is the, uh, this is the title track, B-Town.
Thanks. Thank you, Jeff Birdman. That was a killer set. Thanks for rocking the moonshine music stage. You know, just as good as anyone ever has, and we really appreciate you coming on the show today. Hey, thank you for stopping by and listening to the show and watching the show, whichever way you're doing it out there in the world. Please hit the subscribe button, and it's great to have you here. And we hope you join us next week when we have Sydney Page stop by and sing like a songbird. So you got to come in for that. And you, we got some good stories in that interview, too. So you're going to want to stop by and hear them. So I really appreciate you guys stopping by each week. And it's great to have your support. Leave us some comments. Like the show. Click like. Click subscribe. Do all that stuff for us. We really appreciate you. Thank you. Have a good day. And see you next time on Moonshine and Music. Moonshine and Music is a presentation of Not Less Entertainment. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. Our producer for today's show was Joe Shelton. Our cameraman grip and stunt double was Brent Lee Smith. And also helping out on cameras, setup, and all sorts of other things, Bailey Shelton. Thank you for joining us and join us next week on Sunday for Moonshine and Music.